1: hey what is up everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast my name is steven and i am your host here for a, another get to know series this time we'll be focusing in on the chargers fifth round draft pick tito obonia the defensive tackle from ucla and joining me to discuss tito's rise and his profile and everything like that is good friend of the show mr will decker who covers ucla for uh laf beat he's the host of the Bruin bible and we'll be doing some uh, writing for LAFB about UCLA games. So, uh, Will, thanks for taking the time to join me, man. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, man. Uh, honored to come on the podcast. Big fan of what you guys got going on here. Uh, we're talking some UCLA football and some Chargers. Uh, I was telling Steven before we got on here. I'm now a official LA resident, so I had to pick up an LA team. <laughs> Definitely not going to be the Rams, so I am Bolt Nation moving forward, man. So thrilled to be on the Guilty Charge Charged podcast.
1: There we go. So if you are uh, interested in some UCLA football, I know we've got a good amount of, of Bruin alumni or Bruin followers in, in the Guilty as Charged family, so make sure and give Will a follow. Uh, he's going to be at every UCLA home game covering the games for LAFB, doing a great job over there with Jamal Madney and, of course, Ryan Dyer. although Ryan does more of the USC stuff, unfortunately, uh, as yeah. a Utah guy. I've, I've, I've never had any hard feelings towards UCLA, but I cannot stand USC, so... Uh, can't give my step of approval for Ryan's coverage, unfortunately.
2: Tell me about it. He's a little bit on the SC side. You know, he loves both <laughs> LA schools, but I'd say he's a little bit more SC than UCLA. So we kind of <laughs> rip him about that from time to time. But yeah, if you're looking for good UCLA content, check out LAFB. We're going to have you guys covered all year long, especially this year coming up. Charbonnet returning, DTR, you know however you feel about him is going to be coming back. He had a strong year last year, so excited to see his development at the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, absolutely should be a fun year. You know, Pac-12 of course announcing today that they are uh, not doing divisions for the Pac-12 championship. So that that should be uh you pretty crazy maybe we get Utah and UCLA in there as opposed to, you know, one of the north teams, I don't know.
2: But Yeah, uh, we could see a, a Utah SC like twice, you know, just because it's based yeah. off win percentage. It's not the north of the south anymore. So I think it's I think it's a really cool concept. You honestly want to see the two best teams play in the championship for any sport. Uh, the North and the South thing, it robbed a lot of good teams of that opportunity in the past. So.
1: Yeah, it did. You know, and I, I'm a fan of this in, in every sport, right? I think you just want higher levels of competition. And, you know, a lot of Utah people I was following today were like, oh, like this would have taken away, you know, the 2018 South Division Championship. And I'm like, yeah, but really that Utah team was not a championship caliber team by the end of the season <laughs> after you lose. Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, Samson Naku, all the like—all their starters were hurt. Britton Covey was hurt, didn't play in the game against Washington. So, really, the you know Washington against Washington State that year would have been a much better you know matchup for the conference, I think. But you know that's neither here nor there. We'll get uh, focused on some of these draft prospects as always. Want to get some of Will's thoughts here just about the UCLA class in general. I was a little surprised about some of these selections, but was there any one of the seven right? Is yeah. there any any one of the seven that kind of stood out to you most in terms of it being a good landing spot or a surprise in terms of draft selection?
2: I think it starts at the top. And the first guy off the board for us was Sean Ryan. And I loved the fit with the Packers of him going there because we saw it in the playoffs. When the 49ers came in there, they've got a very strong defensive line. They wreaked havoc against Rodgers. And that ultimately caused you know the Packers – a game on their own home turf, you know, in the playoffs. So yeah. strengthening that interior offensive line uh, in Sean Ryan, first and foremost, I'm the type of guy that, you know, I, I don't think he needs to play on the inside. I saw enough on tape three years worth of him at tackle. He allowed two sacks and over 1500 snaps. Like this guy can clearly play at the PAC 12 level. And both of those were to cave on Thibodeau. So like, let's be honest, <laughs> Thibodeau is one of the best edge prospects. You know, we've had, you know, in the last couple of years. So, I mean, I, am just really impressed by Sean Ryan. Love the fit there. Um, Quentin Lake staying home and going to the Rams, I think is really cool. Um, I, he was the type of guy that shocked me that he didn't get a senior bowl invite. I mean, this guy, Mm -hmm. you look at all the big game tape of UCLA. He was the leader, the ring leader of that defense. He was making plays all over the field. Go back and watch his last two USC games his two interceptions, one in each of those games, really sparked uh, UCLA. Uh, they lost a close one in 2020. They ultimately won this year in a blowout. But Quinn Lake was as big a part of them having success in those games as anyone. So for the Rams to get him in the sixth round, keep him home, keep this L.A. fan base kind of cheering for a guy in Quinn Lake was awesome. Kyle Phillips was one of my dudes, too. But the yeah. Titans landing spot, I'm not crazy about. I would have liked to have seen him, you know, more and – a different type of style, you know, chargers were a team that I really wanted him to go to. Uh, ironically they need, you know, Herbert just needs that little check down guy, the, the, the West Welker to a Tom Brady, however you want to phrase that Kyle Phillips, you know, San Diego kid. He grew up in San Diego. He grew up a chargers fan would have loved to have seen him in the powder blues, man. So Kyle Phillips going there was great, but you know, the one guy that did make it from UCLA to you guys that we're going to be talking about Otito Obonia. And, I think a lot of people are kind of unfamiliar with him. They may have seen some of the tape on him, uh, which, you know, for my opinion was not the best tape I've seen from a defensive tackle. And part of that is not his fault. I think defensively Jerry Azanero has been the, you know, scapegoat and rightfully so uh, for these Chip Kelly teams. This guy does not know how to coach a defense and uh, it showed because, uh, you know, when Otito Albonia, which we will get into later, was able to kind of, you know, take the draft process he really lit up some boards, man. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the draft process that Obonia would have been drafted over a guy like Quentin Lake, a guy that I've seen time and time again, produce and make big plays, I would have told you that's crazy. But <laughs> Obonia, when you really break it down, uh, he's got some potential and I'm excited to see what he does on the NFL level. Uh, Charger fans be stoked on this guy. This guy is a, a, a hell of a kid too. I mean, you just check it across the board. Um, honor roll student, you know, The the funny thing, too, is he's a baker. He's a world-class baker. Uh, When Kirk Herbsbreed, Fowler, and Shelly Smith were down there, he baked them a banana cream pie uh, before the Oregon-UCLA game. And it was to rave reviews. Shelly Smith was like, you know, I'm not just saying this because he baked it for us. It was damn good cake. So (laughs) I can do it all, man. Like, if you want him to come to your tailgate, he can maybe bake you a cake beforehand and go out and make a couple run stops while he's at it. I mean, the guy is very cool, man. And Obonia is just going to be a great for the community of the Chargers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you touched on a lot of different stuff there. The the fact of him being a baker is so funny to me. And and apparently he also really likes, you know, smoking barbecue and stuff like that. So he'll fit right in, you know, with Justin Herbert and all the guys who he's kind of converted to, uh, you know, being the brisket boys. I had to laugh a few weeks ago a bunch of the chargers players were in salt lake city utah where the where the company of traeger is actually located oh and uh there was like eight of them that went out to go see the debut of the the newest traeger grill (laughs) and they're all like posting about it i'm like justin herbert you know the traeger company owes justin herbert a lot of money because he's getting the whole chargers team the whole fan base rallied around traeger i love it it's so funny
2: This is like a car release show and they were doing it for (laughs) traders. I love it. I, I'm as big as a grillsman as anyone. I'm not going to say I'm anywhere close to what Otito can do on the grill. Uh, But man, the new Traeger release, it's like seeing the new like Jordan shoes coming out now. It's gotten crazy and I love it. I'm all, I'm all here for it.
1: It is. It really is so funny. But uh, you know, you mentioned Otito as, as kind of an honor roll student. He mentioned the reason that he wanted to go to UCLA was, was of course football driven, but also he was he wanted to place a high priority on getting a high quality education, um, and I think that is something that really is super uncommon for you know today's generation who just kind of want to go and get these uh, you know instant impact college situations from a football perspective. What do you uh, remember or what do you know about Otito's recruiting journey? Was UCLA kind of always considered the favorite, or was he considering other you know highly touted academic places?
2: Obonia was kind of an anomaly in the recruiting world. And I mean this in the best way possible. I think he's from the Texas area. He went to Taylor High School in uh, Katy, Texas, I believe it is. And from him, he did have the offers. I mean, it was 11 offers total, which is not a ton. But you look at the big name offers, like Notre Dame came and offered this guy a scholarship. You can't be some scrub and get that offer. Ole Miss offered him Nebraska, Tennessee, teams like that. But like I said only 11 offers and a large part of that was due to the fact that he had a budding track and field, you know, career going for him. In Texas, he's in 6A which is the the highest class. This guy won two state championships as a shot putter. So mm-hmm. all those spring camps you're supposed to go to, you know, the, the rival circuit, you know, for scout.com, you know, 24/7 whatever it may be, the camps they put on, he was unable to attend those because track and field uh, occurs in the springtime. So the, the teams that did get their hands on their, his tape, they fell in love with him, and he did get those offers. I think he was the closest probably, as you mentioned, he's a, a guy that really valued the education process. Did get a visit to Notre Dame. I think he was very close to going there, but ultimately chose UCLA with you know, the new Chip Kelly coaching regime. Uh, in hindsight, as my, I'm a UCLA homer. I love them. I think he probably should have gone to Notre Dame because we see the potential this guy has. <laughs> yeah. The the coaching he got defensively, it was an abomination for the talent. That this guy it's I mean, it's, it's a tough way to phrase it, but it's just it's just the truth, man. It is. Uh, it is a tough defensive environment in Westwood right now. And the thing we were all excited about is as an finally resigns like this is Christmas Day to UCLA football fans. Basically. Chip goes and gets Bill McGovern, who was like Asinero's mentor to be our new defensive coordinator. So it's like, <laughs> it is like, just like worst case scenario on that. Um, I, I encourage anyone to go to UCLA. If you're a stud defensive player, I would probably be looking around <laughs> a little bit on that because I'm just looking at draft value. I think in a good system, good coaching, you know, if you went to Ole Miss, Tennessee, even Nebraska, I mean, they're not what they used to be, but, you know, still pretty good coaches up there defensively um i would have liked i would have probably said he's a third round pick the fact you guys can get him in the fifth round is huge and um you know i think uh, it just wasn't there for
1: him. yeah the shot putting aspect first of all if you're a defensive prospect go to utah that's where you'll get okay some there quality. you go yeah you. uh <laughs> i had to you know plug my school there <laughs> have um, to man, have to the the shot putting thing is so interesting to me because he he did it in college as well i don't think he did it this past year obviously because he's focused on the draft process and things like that. But, you know, you're missing out on all the valuable reps from a a spring practice perspective too. I assume he was in the workouts and things like that, but you're not like fully into it. And so not to compare his skill set to Justin Herbert or anything like that, but, you know, Justin Herbert was so in tune with baseball when he was in high school that, you know, he just kind of got cast aside from a recruiting perspective as well and, and miss out on those reps and the connections and things like that. So I think, Tito's definitely somebody who has like the physical traits to say, okay, this guy's definitely going to be a better pro than he was a college player. And also now he gets to focus 100% of his time and effort and skills on becoming a better football player. Whereas before, you know, he's doing shot put and and other things like that. So I I think that's a very interesting and important thing to note when talking about Tito's, you know, potential as a, as an NFL player.
2: And it's an understatement too. I mean, you look at the South man and just how serious they take the game of football. If you're playing other sports, that's not encouraged down there. They want yeah. your full. So like, you know, focus and attention on the game of football. That was not the case. And it, by the way, Obonia gave up a hell of a shot put career. He was, you know, did track 2018, 2019 at UCLA. He won a gold medal at the U 20 pan Am games like that is the feeder into the Olympics. So this guy, was going to be an Olympic athlete, you know, when all is said and done, most likely had he stuck with the shot put world. So Obonia, I mean, he chose to go with the football route and, you know, I, we saw his most productive career or season uh, this past year. You know, he had three, you know, two sacks, five tackles for a loss, 30 total tackles that doesn't not eye popping stats, right. but we saw just the increase in play when he was able to focus solely on football as opposed to combining that with the track and field world.
1: Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, the flashes, which I, I was a big fan of the flashes. And you mentioned, of course, the bad stuff I'm sitting there watching UCLA versus Oregon or LSU and dropping Tito into coverage or like having him quarterback spy. I'm like, what is going on here? But, you know, focusing in on what Tito does well, what do you, what kind of player and what kind of strengths do you think Tito brings to the table?
2: I think in the run game is going to be where he gets his bread and butter. I think Early rundowns, that's the guy you want to have out as a rotational defensive tackle. Uh, He's very good at engaging with offensive linemen. Um, And part of that is due to his arm length. Like Jordan Davis was the number one defensive tackle for a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if he was mine, but he was the number one defensive tackle in the draft this past year. Davis has uh, three inches on him height-wise, but Otito's got two and a half inches on him arm length-wise. And arm length for the linemen Uh, you know, defensive and offensive, that stuff matters. Not every stat matters. It's, it's like the hand size for quarterbacks. You want to be able to get out of your breaks, be able to engage the linemen and, you know, kind of win that rep. He had the longest arms of any of the defensive linemen coming out of the draft at 35, over 35 entries. So this guy was amazing. Um, Definitely strength. I mean, you saw it at the combine. He had the most bench reps for a defensive tackle out there at 29. Uh, So, I, the early downs is where I see him making his money. He showed a little bit of an increase in pass rush, but let's be honest, man. Outside of the freaks of nature, the Aaron Donalds, the Cameron Haywards, the Buckners, how many guys are you know, consistently beating double teams and getting the quarterback in a three-second spot? So this guy is, uh, is really going to be a, a huge help for the Chargers when they got, you know, Austin Johnson coming in a free agency, uh, you know, Joseph Day, guys like that. So I, I think he's going to fit in perfectly with that locker
1: yeah, you know, it, if you have long arms and don't know how to use them, then you know, obviously that doesn't really matter. But, you know, Tito's length shows up in ways because he, him and Sebastian Joseph Day really have similar styles to me because they're so long and they're so strong and they're able to kind of bench press the the, the opposing offensive lineman and then they shed and they tackle. And that was something that really kind of stood out to me about Tito's. Film. He's got to work on the technique in terms of finishing the tackle. But, you know, he puts the – I felt like he often puts himself into good situations because of his length, because of his strength, and I, I think that's going to show up. I don't know how much, you know, he'll have a role this year, right, you know, given the situation. But, you know, I feel pretty confident that he would be able to contribute right away because, you know, he can be an effective, uh against the run. I do think he, there's a little bit of juice in terms of the pass rusher ability as well because, uh, you know, he's got a club, he's got a rip. And, and so there's a – there is – the beginnings of a pass rush plan. And so I, I'm not saying he's going to be a DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones type, but I think he'll be serviceable as a pass rusher if needed.
2: Yeah. And I mean, we saw that at the senior bowl, that was kind of the, the rise of him getting there. And we mentioned, you know, Quinn Lake, Kyle Phillips beforehand. I would have 10 times out of 10 coming into the senior bowl, invite those guys over Otito because I've seen, yeah. on tape I've seen those guys perform. When Otito got the invite over those two guys, I was shocked as a fan of UCLA. But then you see the tape that he was able to put together there. I mean, you know this, Zion Johnson was your guy, right? He was my number one guard coming out too. Just loved the consistency with him. It was like two battling rams going at it each was. other at Senior Bowl. And, you know, Otito won quite a few of those reps against the number one guard in the draft. So I think that kind of put people on notice. Don't even get me into what he did to Nick Kelly uh from from uh, i think it was fordham absolutely dragged this guy to the back of the end zone uh hit the 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 post for the field goal and the guy just dropped to the ground i mean it was one it was like watching a senior go against a freshman in high school football it was so dominant Uh, abania was one of the stars of the show on the defensive line that week and that's one of the reasons he really rose his draft stock up so He was, you know, phenomenal in the interview process. We mentioned the kid that he was. When you put that tape together and you finally get some decent coaching, you know, you had the Jets and the Lions coaching staffs out there. These are NFL coaches now working with a guy like Obonia. Uh, We saw what could potentially be with this guy. And he has the tools to be, you know, an early contributor, like you said. Um, You know, full-time starter. I think we got to at least, you know, pump the brakes on that. I want to see a little bit more from him, but – the talent's there, and he's focused solely on football, like we mentioned. So I'm excited to kind of see his progression, especially here in L.A.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of people who felt like, you know, that was a bit of a reach. And, I you know, I think he, he was a consensus board, like a six-round pick or something like that. But, you know, I think the way that the draft board played out, you, te- you talk about the upside that this player presents to you and, and how much the Chargers value the, the senior bowl process in general – I think it just made a lot of sense to take him to that point. And I think for him, it's just a really good landing spot because he won't have to be that starter right away. I know Jeremy Fowler kind of hinted at that possibility. But mean you talk about Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, now you get Morgan Fox today, which is really good timing. Um, And you're not asking Otito to be a starter. You you still have Braden Fajoko, Christian Covington. So he can earn a role for sure. But he's not going to be expected to come in and, and say, "Hey, you know what? I need I need 800 snaps out of you this year as a rookie, Tito." And we'll just kind of see what happens. It's not going to be the case. He's going to be playing, you know, 150, 250 snaps, and and essentially get, you know, this year to really adjust to the NFL, which I think is is so important for these day three prospects.
2: Absolutely. And the thing with the day three thing too is at that point in the draft, unless if there's a guy that's like not even ranked or not even on people's boards take the guy you want. I mean, if you're concerned that he's not going to get to you in the sixth round, just take him in the fifth. I mean, those are the picks that, you know, it's a coin flip if they succeed or not. You know, you're not putting the, you know, the hopes of the franchise on a fifth and a sixth round pick. If it's your guy and he fits your system, take him, you know, and I I think they did that with Obonia. And uh, I think sixth round is probably where he should have been. But hell, man, I think, you know, everything we just said about him, I think this guy is a, a contributor at the very least for this team
1: yeah he's he's definitely a culture fit you know we mentioned of course you know his, his cooking habits will fit well with the team but uh, you talk about a player who you know valued education the way that he did you know he was a dual sport athlete even in college he has that upside so i think this is gonna be a great fit for the chargers i'm excited to see you know those training camp battles between him and zion johnson johnson for the next you know six to ten years hopefully are gonna be a lot of fun so Will, this has been awesome, man. Really appreciate your time. Where can our uh, Chargers and UCLA fans uh, find you guys at on Twitter and and, uh, social media and everything?
2: Screen name is right below me, but just make sure to check out LAFB. We got so much great content coming to you guys. We're repping the Chargers big this year. Please come check us out, man. Uh, Best draft class I've seen from the Chargers on paper in a long time, and I know you guys have had some early first-round hits. The JT Woods, the Spillers, the, the Salyers. You had that with an Obonia, you know, and Zion Johnson. I mean, just take the best guy on the board. You guys did that. So this is this is a chance to be a, an all-time rookie class in terms of starter level value if all these picks hit. And uh, go Bolts, man. Yeah, just check us check us out on LAFB.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Excited to have you a part of the, the Bolt fam. That's what we call ourselves. We know a lot of people say Bolt Nation, but it's a Bolt fam over here. So really happy to have you over here ripping the afc west so will thanks again man we appreciate your time today
2: awesome man thank you so much for having me i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast